0: Hello, and welcome to the Bubbly and Baseball podcast, hosted as always by Ed Hand and Bailey Von Schneider. If you love drinking sparkling adult beverages and you also happen to love baseball, then we would love for you to join us every Sunday. So, without further ado, here are Bailey and Ed. Alright everybody, we're back again. I unfortunately don't have something to drink this week, but Ed, Ed's the, the good guy this week. So what do you have to drink this weekend? My
1: vow of silence is over. Or my vow of abstinence or sobriety or whatever you want to call it. It's all over now. I'm back in the back in the gutter. Uh back
0: in the swing of drinking. <laughs>
1: exactly. Exactly. Uh i got Doc Cider from Warwick, New York. Uh, it's from, uh, Warwick, I believe, is re- around the Hudson Valley area. Um I got this back, uh, in, I guess actually it was the weekend that the Red Sox got eliminated, so this would have been in October. Uh, oh. we were just out there for a trip and, uh, watched, uh, watched the game. It didn't go that well. I drank a bunch of these other ones. Uh, it's Pear Cider. I, uh. That sounds uh, did, good. I've been told by some people that pear cider tastes like vomit. I've been told by others that it's, like, the greatest thing and the only thing that they'll drink. Um, I'm not exactly in the latter, but I do like it. It was the first thing that I ever remember ever drinking and kind of enjoying. I think I was, like, 14, and my dad uh, would give us them during barbecues because, you know, they basically taste like uh, fancy fruit juice. Uh,
0: right. Not quite vomit, but not quite the best thing you've ever tasted.
1: No, no. I don't even know, like, at this point, what, like, the best drink I've ever had is. What's, like, your what would be your favorite? Like, not necessarily Ooh. your go-to, but, like, just as far as pure taste goes.
0: Yeah, so there's um place that my roommate used to work at. It's kind of, it's a little famous. It's called the Ivy. It's, like, where you can see celebrities and stuff, but it's a restaurant. Everything's super overpriced, but I will say their Ivy Gimlet is to die for. It's pretty much just vodka, uh vodka simple syrup and lime juice, but everything's like all fresh ingredients and they use like high end vodka. Honestly, it's delicious. <laughs>
1: that's I mean that's the key for so much of the stuff is just like fresh and the quality Absolutely. of it. It's not necessarily the combination of the ingredients so much as the quality of the ingredients.
0: Yeah, if you do it, really, anything fresh gonna is going to be better. Like, there used to be a place in Vegas, and I'm so upset that it's gone, that it was a fresh juice bar. Like, you could see them squeezing all the fresh juices, and then they'd put whatever alcohol you wanted. So you're like, I want the fresh juice, and then, like, I want this vodka. And because, like you said, it was so fresh, it was delicious.
1: That's awesome. You know, I've never been to Vegas. I went to school in Arizona, and I've still never been there.
0: Oh, I love Vegas. I do. I'm like, I'm a whore for Vegas. Like, I really am. I'll be the first to admit it. Like, and I'm not even like the gambler. I love just like, I love the, I love the vibe of Vegas. Every time I go there, I just have a blast. The weather's usually always perfect, even though I got the sunburn of my life one time there. Cause I was stupid. I was just like, it's September. It's not that hot we went to an outdoor concert venue both my friend and i looked like we were like sunburned and like red as lobsters and i had like the sunglass burn so i looked oh no yeah yeah so vegas is like i've always had fun in vegas as long as you stay hydrated wear sunscreen vegas is a good time (laughs) but do those two things but uh aside from um vegas stories and drinking um some parasite or we're going to actually pivot a little bit. We're going to focus on our team, the team that we have the most knowledge about, which is the Red Sox. So for some people that might listen to us that aren't big Red Sox people, we apologize, but I still think this is going to be really interesting because Ed works with Sox prospects and if you're not familiar with them, they're fantastic. I don't know if other teams have something like them, a resource like them. Do you know if other people do? So
1: I there are some that um, I don't think any of them are quite the same quality as Sox prospects. Yeah. My dad's um, a big Kansas City Royals fan, and he laments the fact that uh there's nothing for the Royals like quite this. Likely, like you'll be yeah. looking at prospects there, and it's just like you know, like the typical fan circle jerk where uh, oh. everybody that we have is great. Now in the Royals case, they do have a very good minor league do. system, but it's it, but the thing that's so good about Sox prospects at least in my opinion is that their scouting reports are really objective. So when they say somebody is good, there's actually a chance that they're good. And when they say somebody that's been very hyped up is kind of mediocre or that they need more time in the minors, like that was sort of the thing with Jared Durr. Nobody at Sox prospects was surprised when he had a tough time coming up to the majors. They thought yeah. that it would be it was he was not going to be a slam dunk and even with how he was doing a AAA when they brought him there. That's not to say he's not necessarily going to be a good player. The scouting report's pretty, you know, like there's definitely potential there, but they rate their players in a way that's very objective for a, you know, a team, um, a website that is effectively run by fans.
0: Yeah, and I think that's great because I think that was a big pro- part of like because I do love the Sox prospect site and reading it and trying to read it as much as I can. I think that's like when Duran got called up and everybody was so hype. I'm like, you know, I've been reading the I've been reading Sox prospects. I'm like, I'm excited for him, but like, I don't know. I I because I trust those guys over there. That I was just like, should we be getting this excited about him? Like, it's not like this is Mookie Betts who I remember they were, like, in love with him. And, like, even before, I feel like, because he struggled for a little while while in the minors. Yeah. Even then, they were like, this guy's going to be a superstar, and then he ends up being a freaking superstar. You yeah. Know? I mean, I don't think anybody
1: could gauge just how good Mookie was going to be. Yeah, um, it's kind of crazy. I think that's, that's so hard to do. Um, but there are some interesting guys there right now. Um, I will tell you just one thing before we go into our uh, – our deep dive here. It was frustrating um, because my my role with Sox prospects when I started, um, I run the Twitter account and the Facebook and their social media, mm-hmm. and the guys in charge, Chris and Ian, the guys that are in charge of it, and Mike, um, very specific with their tweeting instructions. Basically, uh, that you don't get into opinion with this. You don't say, oh, they're going to be coming up to the major suit. It's literally. I take what's in the scouting reports and I can use that. I talk about what they did that game. If they've been on a hot streak you talk about that, but you don't yeah. editorialize anything. And I gotta tell you, when ninety percent of the people commenting on it are, why isn't he in the majors already? Fire high him, why is he taking so long? Well, when your break goes up, it's um you just don't <laughs> respond to it. And you, you 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 just can't, you know, yeah, you
0: just, you, you, say, you just
1: post yeah. it and, you know, let people respond as, uh, as they want to. Now I do a little bit of, um, I was doing one article per week, just as far as like recaps go. So I have, um, uh, it was on a day that only the FCL teams and like the Dominican Republic, uh, teams, teams were playing. Yeah. So I have some inexplicable knowledge of some of those guys that are like 17 years old and playing there. Um, but um, for the most part, we're going to be talking more about just like the guys that are at the front of the of the line right now to see who's coming up and who's you know going to be appearing in like the bigger picture of things like the top like MLB dot com top hundreds that sort of yeah. thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it it is interesting where uh, Sox prospects still have Tristan Casas as one, which I agree with, and then because of where, you know, Marcelo Meyer was taken in the draft, like, you know, MLB.com, like, has him at one. And I'm like, eh, is he deserved to be at one for the Red Sox yet? Maybe not, but there's a lot of it's, hype.
1: Yeah, it's it's tough with those two. Um, I think that especially because of how hype Meyer is, um, I can see, I know Alex Meyer of the Globe was doing the Baseball America ratings and he put Meyer – above Cassis. I think some of it is also that Meyer plays shortstop, whereas yes. Cassis is a first baseman. So, mm-hmm. you know, premium position there. Uh but we're gonna start at first base and mm-hmm. um Kristen Cassis uh had a you know not if you look at what his actual numbers yes. were last year, mm-hmm. he had two seventy nine, three ninety four um it's a good old base key. percentage, yeah. fourteen home runs, three hundred and eight at bats, um but it was an interesting season for Cassis that you really can't just look at the those direct numbers for. First of all, he was with the Olympic team for a good yep. chunk of the season, so he missed he missed some playing time there. Of course. And then he came back and it sort of you know, he was sort of going back and forth. He didn't really do that well. He was fine. But then he got really hot in September, and he was, um, I believe he was a double-A player of the month for September. He had, like, um a two-day period where he hit, like, five home runs. Got yeah, I remember AAA, that. Did find a triple-A where he's likely to start the season. And he was 21 last year, you know? That's he was crazy. 21
0: years old. I think people Missed forget his... that, that he's still yeah. so young.
1: Oh, Yeah. And then he went to the Arizona Fall league and he slashed uh three hundred seventy two led the league in on base percentage uh he actually had a higher on base percentage than slugging percentage four ninety five on base percentage um now that has to be taken with a little bit of a grain of salt. They were using um robot ups so the strike oh, zone was a little bit different that, oh, for, that was God. um that was what I heard for why um the there was just a ludicrously high amount of walks but <laughs> He had the most walks, uh, so you know a four ninety five on base percentage is pretty good anyway you look at it.
0: Holy shit, like, that's insane.
1: It, it's insane. That's like Barry Bonds. That's like half the time yeah. he got up, he got on base. Well, um,
0: yeah. See, I think what the interesting thing with 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 Tristan Casas is that like a lot of people were getting like you know fans were saying like where's the power? I heard all about this raw power, and he like you said like 14 home runs, but again, yes he went to the Olympics, he was in double A, he was in triple A. So like there are adjustment periods, but my thing is he has the raw power. We've seen it, but my thing is he's getting on base at an excessively high rate to me. I want him. I want him on base. I I want him on, I want him hitting for power, but I think the power will still come in time because he is 21 years old as he learns to sort of really, he has a great handle on the strike zone. Yeah. Yeah. He really does. Incredible. He
1: actually, uh, the strikeout numbers at uh, A this year weren't even half bad. Uh, he struck out 63 times in 275 at bats, walked 49 times. Mm. So, you know, strikeouts are, are, of course, going to be a part of anybody like that's game. There is some swing and miss, but it shouldn't affect his ability to tap into his power. Um He's going to be... I personally think that his floor is just a, an everyday regular. He's got the ceiling of being an MVP, though. He is um, – I – this is maybe not – I don't know. The ceiling is Freddie Freeman.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think that's what's really incredible, too, is that, like, everybody's like, we who, – who does – I still want – who doesn't want Freddie Freeman? And you're weird if you don't want Freddie Freeman on your team, so I'm just gonna say that. But there isn't necessarily a big need for the Red Sox with the potential of Tristan Costa's potentially being like a Freddie Freeman and you have a controllable Freddie Freeman at 20, by the time he makes his, you know, debut, it'll probably be 22 because I, I personally think that they're gonna keep him probably the whole season at, at AAA because uh, he's 21 and he still needs development. So I, I I don't even see him as a September call-up. I think potentially 2023 could be when we see him. But, again, I could be wrong. He could get called up at the end of September because he could just play an insane 2022, you know?
1: Yeah, it really depends. He could force uh he could force himself into the lineup if he plays exceptionally well. Mm-hmm. Or it also depends on what the first base situation is, because if there's a need, if say Bobby Dalbeck struggles or gets hurt or mm-hmm. um or something like that, I mean who's gonna be playing first next year? There's Dalbeck we don't know if Schwarber's coming back yet. hmm I think that they want to – he certainly seems like he's in the plans for the future because yes. of the fact that they haven't gone – they didn't make any trades. They haven't really been going after anybody that's, like, a full-time first baseman. They brought in Schwarber to play the guy he never played it before. And now, yes. if they bring him back, probably going to be in left field or
0: something like that. Um, yeah, I, I do think that – I think he is part of their future plans. And I think, like, we see with Chaim – they like their minor leagues, like down in Tampa Bay, they, because that's really all they have. So, he, you know, he understands and evaluates talent really well. So I think he'd want to put a potential controllable talent with, like, you know, you say the, the ceiling of Freddie Freeman, like that's why you get excited about him. Yeah. It's
1: you don't see people with that kind of ceiling come up very often. Um so Cassius is definitely, in my opinion, the jewel of the system. Um mm-hmm. uh, beyond him at first base, you know, there were some my personal favorite uh guys in the entire system, not for their talent, but just because of like um I don't know if entertainment value is the right way to put it, but there are two players who are um uh, were drafted the same year and they played together in Lowell. Their names are uh Steven Scott and, uh, Big Joe Davis, who, uh, Big Joe is, um, a little bit older. Maybe doesn't have the same value as Scott because Scott can play catcher and he can play third mm-hmm. base and he can play outfield. Whereas Davis is basically a, a first baseman DH type, but, uh, um, they're just characters of the game. They refer to, they're, uh, they refer to each other as, uh, the Meatball Brothers.
0: Oh, love uh, it. Or
1: the, and the Meatball Gang. Um, they're just these big hefty guys, they live in a trailer together during, uh, the season, they, uh, barbecue together, they share a bunk bed, um, uh, they're just like, good, they're just good, they're just like these big stocky guys that are best friends, and, uh, you know, they, uh, they started the season, I think, in, um, high a last, in, no, it wasn't even high a. I think it was, uh, just like Salem, they both ended the season at, uh, at uh Greenville and they both hit, but uh Scott actually uh he's a little bit higher on the uh Sox prospects top sixty. He's actually uh he's forty ninth right now. Davis peaked I believe at fifty seventh and he's currently uh after those trades he was uh taken off the list. But mm-hmm. um you know at you know twenty five years old these are guys that played college. Um but you know, that's, uh, that's who they've got at first base beyond that. So it's not exactly yeah. the – there's not a lot of depth at the position per se. But with Cassis, it's kind of like, well, what are you going to do? You Is he going to lose playing time? He's not.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's true. And he'll be the everyday first baseman, I'm sure, for, you know, the Worcester Red Sox. And who the hell knows, with that jet stream there, he could be ball, – ball, balls could be flying the hell off that bat next season.
1: Oh yeah, I mean he got he's got opposite field power, but he could he's gonna accidentally hit uh, hit like at least ten home runs there, there just like pop ups that get caught in the street and go over that right field fence.
0: Yeah, that's a lot of the reason as to why Jaron Duran hit quite a few more home runs down there than he did anywhere else playing on the road or you know like having called call ups in the big leagues.
1: Yeah, yeah, and we'll you know we'll get to Duran Duran in a little. Oh, bit. Oh yeah, but uh, are there what other prospects are you excited for, Bailey?
0: Okay, I am, like, when he was drafted, Nick York, oh, I think everybody yeah. did a, a who? A who? And Heim Bloom, once again, we can't question this man because, <laughs> holy shit, am I excited. I think outside of Tristan Casas, I'm most excited. And that includes, you know, like Marcella Meyer, who was projected to be, like, number one overall pick last year. Uh, and, like, the Red Sox got him at four. I'm, So freaking excited. This guy is nineteen years old. He uh just has gone through the ranks at an excessive amount of speed. You know, he finished at Greenville, you know, hit 325 with a 412. 412 on base percentage. Like that is a that's obscene at any any level. I'm impressed. I don't care where you're hitting four, like where you're on base is four hundred plus at any level, like, he has shown to have the biggest balls of anybody, like, you know, when they invited him to spring training, and he got, what was it, did he get a hit off, I think it was A.J. Minter? I was about, I
1: can't believe you remember that, I was about to reference yeah. that.
0: because, and he just got this, like, this hit, I think he hit it out to, like, right field, Boom, like, no big deal. I'm, like, 18 yep. years old. Like, this is this is a guy who is a staple in the Braves' pen, and he just didn't care, and he doesn't seem phased. And to me, that's that's like Dustin Pedroia swag. <laughs>
1: like, that I was think. his first professional at bat.
0: Yeah. I mean, it and was it, for
1: training, but his first real at bat was against Kate. not just yeah. a big league pitcher, but the guy who was probably the Braves' best uh, reliever in 2020.
0: Yeah, and it was just – he didn't look phased, so there's something about that that gets me more excited. Uh, the excitement of that he's just he's just succeeding at every level. He's 19 years old. He's at high A. Right? He'll he'll begin at high A, but like who the hell knows? He could be in Portland by like the next season. Like he could be like 20 years old finishing the season, you know, at double A. That's insane to me
1: it's going to be very interesting to see how quickly they move him because people were su- a little surprised that he got to start the season in Salem last year. I think that it was expected that he, you know, spend some time in the complex league, um, you know, similar yeah. to those guys that get drafted. Yeah. And he, uh, you know, he was already, he was a high school prospect when they drafted him. So mm-hmm. usually those guys, they're a little slower. with have, you know, just more kid gloves with them, but, uh, no, not with, uh, not with Nick York and he absolutely tore it up. Um,
0: and pilot too. He was showing some surprising pop too. Oh yeah, I think, I mean, yeah.
1: He, he hit that grand slam. I remember he hit a grand slam. He had a. He had a I mean, between both levels, he had a five sixteen slugging percentage. His power actually improved when he got to high A. He went from jump hmm. from five hundred to uh, five seventy one. Now less at bats there, but okay. he still uh, you know, but still he hit twenty doubles and fourteen homers and five triples for the season. Stole thirteen bases too. Mm. You know, not bad. I mean he. Got caught uh, nine times, but still, and you know, walked fifty two times. He only struck out sixty nine times.
0: Yeah, so like this, like he, I think his game. I think why I get excited is because his game literally reminds me of Pedroia's game.
1: There are some. I actually think that he's a little bit. It's very easy to make the comparison to Pedroia. Pedroia is a better contact hitter. I think at least now at this, this point, stage. Sure. But I for some reason I just I just think of Howie Kendrick. I, I mean, that's just a
0: great guy to be compared to. I don't
1: know what his defense is as good as Pedro's, cause that's the thing that I think, uh, that's people the, forget with Pedro. Don't necessarily forget, but you take for granted just how good defensively, good defensively he, was. he was. Yeah.
0: And the fact that he had a change from short to second, too. And yeah. was still that good. Yeah. Isn't a big part of, uh, you know, the the only drawback to York's game is that didn't he have to have shoulder surgery, so his arm strength is a little diminished?
1: Yeah, yeah, I believe he was like a third baseman or a shortstop or something like that initially, but also there's Tommy, I don't know how serious the injury was, and he was like 17 when it happened, so, you know, like that gives you a little bit more, more recovery time. I could see, I mean, it depends on what the team looks like when they need him. He could, I could see him being somebody that plays left field potentially, third base, first base. If the bat's there, they're gonna find a spot for him. I don't know how married to second base the team is with him though. Mm.
0: Yeah, no, that's interesting. But he's, for me, the excitement's there. But then there's also, you know, it's like you say, moving him sort of wherever because Jeter Downs, truthfully, we really don't know what Jeter Downs is right now because it's been just a struggle since the trade. But, I mean, it it, it is hard for all these guys, too, because you did lose all of 2020 and, like, that development. And Jeter Downs is still young. He, I think he's still only, like, 22 years old. So – we don't know what he is. He could be, you know, and like, there's so much pressure on it too, cause it's like, this was a, a trade. What if he sacks? And I'm like, oh my god. But what if you use him in a trade piece to get somebody big to come here too? Like, you don't, you don't know. And w- nobody really knows what Jeter Downs is right now. I don't know if Jeter it's, Downs knows.
1: Uh, Jeter Downs, J- it's just hard to, it's hard to figure out what to make of him, because he hmm. basically skipped double A.
0: Yeah, um, you're right
1: that's, about that. True. I think he had like nine games there, but he still played in the futures game for 2021. He's still fifth on the in the system, at least on Sox prospects. He mm-hmm. started to hit a little bit better towards the end of the season. It doesn't really did, show. The final yeah, stats were not pretty. He hit 190, uh, 272 on base percentage, uh, 333 yeah. slugging percentage, but 14 home runs there, and he stole 18 bases. So. You know, there's you can find the silver linings there at times. Um, yeah, and, and
0: again he's still he's he's young. Well he is uh he is twenty three now, but that's still that's still young. <laughs> yeah.
1: He's young. I he might not be you know, he might not be an all star, but that's somebody that could still be very useful, especially if the power manages to translate because he is still an infielder. That's hit twenty four home runs, nineteen home runs, fourteen home runs and limited at bats in the minors. So you know, yeah. there's still there's still yeah. the possibility that he, uh, that he can figure something out. We have a uh, development isn't always linear. You know, that's something sure. that, um, something that we hear a lot of, I hear a lot, um, within Sox prospects. The, you know, the, you just, you can't always predict how these, how these guys are going to evolve. And Downs is definitely, uh, somebody that's hard to predict there, but I will say next year is very important for him. It's really good. It could be the difference between if he's going to be a major leaguer or if he's going to be a quadruple A player. Um, We'll really see because, you know, the luster starts to disappear. He stops to have the excuse of, oh, 2020 messed up his development. You know, well, now you've had two years of triple A.
0: Yeah, no, it's very true. And whether or not, like you said, they did move him along quicker than maybe they should have. But it is, it is so tough. And like I said again, a big, big thing is the, is who he was traded for. Even if he wasn't the centerpiece, even if you get Alex Verdugo and you get Connor Wong also in this and who knows, like, I think Alex Verdugo also has to take a, a pretty big leap in 2022 as well. Even though I like him, I like him as a player. I don't necessarily think he's a superstar. I think he could be a fringe all-star, which again, is great. Like,
1: I think that some of it, the issue with Verdugo is just his conditioning is just doesn't seem like it's that great. It seems like he lost speed between 2020 and 2021, and, you know, he's streaky. seems like he sometimes loses his focus a little bit. If he ever figures out how to use that wall in, monster, in Fenway, though, if he ever figures out how to pepper things off the monster, the guy's going to hit 330.
0: Yeah, and I think he has that potential, and it's like it, there could be an immaturity level. So, like, do you get somebody to say, hey, and that is Alex Gore's job to say, hey, like, You're good. You're, you're our starting corner fielder. We don't know where it's (laughs) going to be right. It's going to be left. You're a corner. You're not our center fielder and use that big green thing in left field, man. You have a, he has a gorgeous swing. I think he is a dynamic baseball player. But again, you know, going back to the idea of like the Red Sox traded a superstar potential barring injury first ballot hall of famer, who's going to have an LA probably on that hat, not a B, but who knows? Who knows? It could be like, or that, or it could be injuries get to him. He doesn't get into the hall of fame and they paid him a shit ass amount of money. And the red Sox are set up for the future. Like we don't know. We don't know what's going to play over this next decade. Cause it's a decade of what Mookie Betts will do. And it's a decade of what the red Sox will do. So you have to wait and see really.
1: How much is a shit ass of money? Is that more than a buttload of money?
0: A shit, it is. It's a shit ass of money. I, it's $365 million and somebody says, Here's $65 million. off the top. I'd be like, Thank you kindly. And Thank you for away. the shit ass. Thank you so much. <laughs> the shit ass amount of money. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's my own, that's my own terminology for money. I will never, ever, ever be able to ever attain in my life. If I do somehow. I will be very happy, but I don't ever. I don't ever see myself accumulating 300 plus million dollars in my life.
1: Yeah, especially with Mookie being off the market now, you can't just marry into that with him.
0: I can He's officially married to his lady, so congrats on that, Mookie. Also, I love how like Raquel Ferreira was at his wedding. Like, kind not only right. I get that's the thing is that like apparently the guys love her, and like my thing was like you couldn't be like yo Raquel, go smooth and make sure this guy's gonna take less to stay here or something. She was probably like no. <laughs> I just no, want I you I like love her. Which I think is awesome. You know um, who we're forgetting in
1: this trade, though? Connor Wong.
0: Connor Wong. Yeah, no, I'm. I we don't know. Again, I'm. I think Connor Wong behind the plate, potentially fantastic. Um, who knows that he could run into some home runs? Uh, but my thing is, like, if you have a great defensive catcher who's decent enough offensively, but you have eight other people in that lineup that are fantastic, I don't give a shit. I to me, that's that's great. If you you know.
1: Yeah, they have um, they have a combination in AAA right now. Um, they've got Long, who was hurt. For, he hurt his hamstring for portions of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, now, when they traded for him, they were kind of, he was being hyped up a little bit as, like, this, uh you know, this, like, Blake Swihart type who you'll be able to put him in all these different positions. And I just remember there was one game that I was at where he was at second base, and I think he made three errors there. See,
0: that's so. a lot of unnecessary pressure. And when you, Blake Swihart's going to give me flashbacks.
1: Don't oh, like fly-hard people. <laughs> Ugh, yeah, that was um, – he should have been so much greater than he was right. just with that yeah. swing and everything. But, you know, Wong, we saw him in the majors for a little bit mm-hmm. last year, really good defensively. And then you have the opposite of that with him in uh, Ronaldo Hernandez, mm-hmm. who is uh, – he was actually on the 40-man roster. He got, They got him in a trade from Tampa. Mm-hmm. Very highly regarded prospect with the Rays. Kind of fell through, and then, uh, do you remember, uh, Jeffrey Springs and Chris Maza? Yeah, Let He was the payback for the two of them, was Ronaldo Hernandez, and also, um, so- Nick Sogard, who was Eric Sogard's little cousin.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But, um, Hernandez, he can hit.
0: Yeah, I know he can hit a little bit.
1: He's got last year in Double A and a little bit of Triple A. He slashed uh, 284, 326, and then a 501 slugging percentage, 16 home runs. Good arm too. He's got a fantastic arm. Defense, though, not so good. He's um, uh, he's somebody that would benefit the most from robot bottoms. His framing skills are basically non-existent. Mm. But you know, if you have. If you have a robot doing it, though, and uh, you can't trick him, you don't need to trick him, then everybody, everybody's on the same playing field. Well,
0: then he's fine.
1: Know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, arm, the thing is, he does have a really good arm. He's got, he's got an above
0: average cannon. Yeah. And do you think he's sort of past the point of learning framing better? He's, like, yeah. he's sort of...
1: He's 24. Yeah. Um, catchers are weird with developing.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that he... Yeah,
1: I think that he could absolutely become better defensively, but is that going to affect his hitting? You don't know, you, don't, you know, like, um, it's going to be interesting to see yeah. what happens with him at AAA and how they rotate him and Wong there. Um, and if honestly, I could see Wong potentially, depending on how, if they trade Vazquez or if they trade Plowecki, I could see mm-hmm. Wong actually having a gig in the major leagues next year just because of that versatility. You can He's a catcher that you can use as a pitch runner. He's a catcher that you can put in the infield in a pitch.
0: Yeah, and he's a catcher that's already proved that he can catch major league talent. Like, yeah. one of the best games that, you know, Avaldi threw last season was, you know, you had a long behind the dish. So, that's, yeah. So, so I, I like the problem that the Red Sox have in the catching depth. Like, you know, because both of them have... Promise whether or not one's the promise offensively one's the promise, you know defensively. I mean, that's a it's a good problem to have is to have yeah. depth at that position. You know, especially with what what is Vasquez like. We we don't really know. I mean, we we learned that the Red Sox were really in on the catcher down in Florida. Like really potentially trying to get him and oh, uh,
1: Scully, yeah, yeah,
0: it was yeah, it was down in Florida, right? It was yeah. I was
1: surprised that they about that, but he's I guess he's affordable and he's really good defensively. I think he won a Gold Glove, so
0: yeah. So you know you're you're looking into to that, so it's making the the Red Sox seem like so picking up the seven million, what seven and a half million dollar option on Vasquez did make sense, but. Yeah, but who knows what they're gonna do with him. Are they gonna try to trade with him? Or are they just gonna wait out the seven and a half and then go into, you know, twenty twenty three with, you know, either Wong or Hernandez or somebody completely different. We don't know.
1: Yeah. It's um catching though, you really can never have enough catchers and when I started at Sox Prospects at the end of uh two thousand nineteen, there was one catcher on the prospect list. Um and I think he was 50, 58th, And mm. they've got and this was pre wong and now yeah. they've got they've got um Nathan Hickey was um he was the fifth round pick uh this year of the draft. He's got he's supposed to be uh they haven't seen him a ton, but he's supposed to have some potential there. Oh, they've got, um, Cole Katam at Portland, who's, uh, 24. He actually had a pretty decent showing in the Arizona Fall League. Um, and they've got this other kid who I think is only like 17, but he looked good, very good in the, uh, the Dominican Summer League, this guy. Um, and Darso Lira, who, uh, was signed for $850,000, um, as an international free agent last January. Um, he's 18 now, sorry. He's Venezuelan. Um, He's one of these guys, though, who just for his age, he actually knows how to draw a walk. He's very selective, knows the strike zone, mm, really good, good arm. And that's going, again, he's 18, so as he, he's, he's still physically throw. developing, as mm. he gets bigger, as he gets stronger, that arm's going to get stronger, too. And he's already a pretty decent, uh, defensive fielder. Mm. So, you know, he moves well. And here's the other thing in the scouting report. He is athletic enough that he could move from third base if he outgrows the catcher the position. If he becomes too big to be effective, to be, yeah. So that's, that's somebody. That's somebody to really pretty far down in the system, but mm-hmm. just having that kind of depth there and having that kind of potential down there, it's pretty. It's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, that's great. So like we're we're just seeing so many great things that like you know high and. His company of men and women are doing to just add depth because that was the big thing, you know. Like a lot of people say certain things about like Dombrowski. Oh, I didn't really like the way Dombrowski worked, or Dombrowski depleted the farm system. Like Dombrowski came in and did what Dombrowski does, but it's not as if he left the cupboard completely bare. But it's just what Haim is doing is doing so much depth that when you start to lose pieces, there's still depth there. So, like, when we lost pieces with Dabrowski, there wasn't anything else. He wasn't really adding more to what he was taking away. It's sort of like a a Dabrowski thing. But at the same time, like, we knew that's what he was going to do. And some fans love the way that he works that way because you're going to get the big names. You're going to get the the bigger trades because that's, you know, Dabrowski really goes for – the the names of the proven talent rather than the talent that you have at the minor league levels. Where it's like I kind of am excited about the way that you know High and Bloom works and working to get this farm system into you know build that talent. Like we've got all these guys that we've built. Like we built the guys that you desperately want, but like we built them from the ground up. So I I kind of like that way of working too, and it's very different. And I understand a lot of fans. Red Sox fans especially, are just impatient and want the big names. They want Freddie Freeman at first, even though Tristan Casas could be the next Freddie Freeman, you know?
1: Yeah, and I think that – With going back to what you said with Dombrowski, he did hold on to some of the really good names. Like he 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 drafted Casas, he held on to Devers. I think he drafted Jake Groom also, who's a guy that'll come up when we talk about pitching. Mm -hmm. So it's not like there's like nothing from what Dombrowski did. The problem was that it was boomer bust. It was either guys that were incredible, or guys like you couldn't trade, or guys that were nobody wanted to trade for, and that's how you end up you know, needing to trade for Andrew Kashner when you desperately need a middle-of-the-rotation starter. Absolutely.
0: So that proves exactly why somebody like Bloom is brought in. For sure. Yeah.
1: So we talked about him a little bit before, but uh, what's your gauge on Marcelo Meyer?
0: Okay, so I just feel like he really hasn't played much enough for me to sort of be like, oh, like, this kid already looks like a straight up superstar. So in the limited, you know, he had 91 f bats and he had 275, 377, which is, which is great. 440 slugging. So like the thing with him, I think he's sort of like, people immediately thought the way they think of like, with Casas is like, where's this power? We hear this raw power, we hear this, but it's like, again, he's like 18 years old, this, this power can be developed as, as he goes along in his development. Uh, but the fact is that you're getting, again, you're getting on base at a really high rate. I I love that. I love a get on base type of person. I hear that, you know, the comps coming out of the draft were, you know, hits like Corey Seager, fields like Brandon Crawford. And I'm like, oh, shit, sign me up. Well, you it just know?
1: sounds like, uh, that sounds like Corey to me then.
0: Yeah, so if you're like a 2.0 Correa, like, again sign me the hell up for that he uh has definitely in his frame he he can fill out a lot more and the filling out of the frame will give you more power uh I'm excited it's it's a it's a lefty swing it's a, a slick shortstop it was the person that the consensus was that he was going one one, and so the entire time of like you know when I was getting excited about the draft I thought he was gone I was like, he's a Pittsburgh Pirate. So you know, then you start thinking like, okay, I want, I want Jack Leiter, or you you know, so you start getting. So like when you know, you you don't you lose Jack Leiter at two. I'm still not thinking in my mind. I'm like, okay, Myers gonna go three, and then when he doesn't go at three, you're like, are we gonna get Marcel Myers? So like, I never thought about having him the entire draft process, and now that I have him, I. I'm excited about it because you know there was just the con- like it was a consensus one-one, and obviously money money talks, and you know the Pirates are able to get you know somebody who was not projected to go one-one at one-one at their price versus the Red Sox can then afford to get a one-one at four. So I'm definitely excited about the future. And I know a lot of people are like, mm-hmm. you gotta, when's he gonna be ready? I'm like, guys, again, this isn't basketball where the minute LeBron James is drafted, LeBron James is in the NBA making a difference.
1: Who was the last straight to from the draft to the majors player? Because I think it was it must have been Mike Leek, right? Back in like two thousand eight.
0: Yeah, that was forever ago. I know that um actually no no no. I think Derek Crochet actually because of I think Crochet went. I don't think he went to the minors.
1: Oh wow, I didn't realize that uh, from the White Sox, right?
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that I think he went straight to. I th- I'm going to double check this, but I think he. Ge- I think he may have gone straight to the majors, and obviously, definitely the last person to to do that. But it's just like that happens when you're you're a polished collegiate reliever, you know that you sort of. I don't know, my internet's acting up.
1: The guys who do that aren't usually, like, actually the best, though. They're usually just the guys that are, like, the most ready. And, you know, basketball and football are very different. Than that so that. I mean, football, you know, you'll have – like, even somebody like Mahomes was, like, sitting on the bench for the first, his first season.
0: Yeah. Okay, so here it was – okay, so he was called up in September of the same year that he was drafted. So the question is whether or not he – actually played in the minors at all let's see yeah,
1: he might have like a month or two or something yeah
0: because i know like chris sale pitched the same year that he was also drafted as well yeah. oh, oh no here we go here we go he is the 22nd player to go straight from the draft to the majors without playing a minor league game the first that is like leak in 2010 yep
1: that is wild
0: Mm-hmm. I did yeah. not
1: realize he came up that quickly. He was good last year, too, out of the past. Yeah,
0: Crochet is good. Crochet has the potential to be potentially an elite reliever, but, like, you talk about somebody like Mike Leek, like, fourth starter? Good for Mike Leak, nah.
1: Yeah, no, he was, like, a, a lot like Robinson Arroyo, just, like, yeah. uh, kind of a baller.
0: Which is totally fine, and you never had a play in the minors, so good for you, but you're right, it's not as if, like, like, somebody, like, you know, there was a fast a fast ascension with somebody like uh, Bryce Harper, like he barely played in the minors. But also, that's just a rare case. He was like the LeBron of baseball, so <laughs> pretty much. You know,
1: I feel like Benintendi moved really quickly too.
0: Benintendi did move fast as well. Obviously, but Mike he, Trout it, moved incredibly quickly.
1: Yeah, Benintendi did he win the Golden Spikes too though? So he was he like he, those he guys won head, the Dick so. Hauser
0: and the Golden Spikes. He was incredible in college.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, uh, you were saying before that, like, the power takes a little while to come. That is true, especially for teenage players, unless your claim to fame is the fact that you hit 900-foot home runs before you even got drafted. And then there we're talking about the top third base prospect on the team, a guy who is actually surprisingly close to breaking the top 100, at least for MLB.com, and that's Blaze Jordan.
0: Yeah, Ooh, uh, I'm really excited about it. that power. I'm so excited. I watched that like the that home run derby. Granted they're aluminum bats, but still shit.
1: <laughs> I was so surprised that they got him just because that seems like such a um is it's a flashy move. You don't see a lot of baseball prospects that have like a million YouTube hits. Yeah, and there's, like, Jordan clacking really his
0: own <laughs> Yeah.
1: I don't know if he can do anything else. I don't know if he's much of a field if he can field really. It seems like he's not gonna stay at third base, that he's probably destined to end up or at first base or D H. But the power, at least in the immediate yeah, um what
0: were the numbers?
1: He hit six home runs between um F- between the FCL and Salem. And he he wasn't at Salem for that long just because he got hurt. Um mm-hmm. but he hit uh Hang on here. I'd have to, he had, he had
0: to a damn good season though, like, so
1: long. Yeah. I mean, considering that he started, he didn't start until the Florida Complex League started. Um, he hit, yeah. uh, he had a shitload of, of RBIs. He had 19 RBIs in 19 games, four home runs, seven doubles. Nine, uh, I mean, this is his Florida Coast League stats, so he obviously yeah. was above the competition there. 362, 408, 667. But, you know, limited time at, um at, uh, Low A Salem. He did too mm-hmm. bad. 250, 444 slugging percentage. Hit a couple of home runs. You know?
0: At 18.
1: One of the youngest guys playing there.
0: Yeah, so like that's also somebody, yeah, so his power's there. He's got the power. Maybe the rest of his game develops sort of around the power. Which would be exciting.
1: You know? The thing that's going to be really interesting and telling for him is going to be when he gets to double-A and the pitchers that he sees start to have better breaking stuff. Mm-hmm. If he can hit off-speed stuff, he's going to be a big league player. Yeah. If he can't, you know, well, those mm-hmm. YouTube videos are pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that is really – that is the the, the true d- deciding factor of, of it, whether or not they can handle the breaking stuff that gets better as they – go along. Yeah. So hopefully, hopefully some of these guys can. And obviously, like, not every single person is going to pan out. And the people that you don't expect, like, nobody expected when the Red Sox drafted Mookie Betts that he was going to be, you know, what, the second highest paid player in baseball.
1: It's Robin pick.
0: Yeah. You just don't expect these things. That's the thing with baseball. Like, when Albert Pujols was taken with, like, with, like, the, the, Fifteen hundredth pick or something. It was like something seen that you 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 don't know that this guy is going to become Albert Pujols' first ballot Hall of Famer. Like there's just certain things that you don't expect with baseball, and I kind of I kind of like that about baseball. You can sort of take somebody anywhere, and they can be great, or you can have like a, a Mark Appel who gets drafted one one and just sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's
1: so uh, there's there are no sure things. There are no can't miss prospects, and guys like Mike Trout. I think what was he taken 16th or something like that? Yeah, 17th? and it's
0: because he's from Jersey and it's a cold weather, and he couldn't play year round. That's a big reason why that, he wasn't taken higher. Yeah,
1: the beauty of the game.
0: The fact that he was still taken so high, playing from New Jersey, really does show you how good. Was. <laughs> like really, like really, yeah. silly first round draft pick. So it's not as if like. The best player in baseball wasn't a first rounder. He didn't go 1-1, obviously, and he's better than all those other guys in the draft, including everybody in the game of baseball. So, uh yeah, you just don't know. You just don't know where you're going to find your talent. Fucking angels, man! Why couldn't we have been the guys that went to Jersey to watch as, this guy play? I <laughs> swear the Angels
1: hit with somebody like once every five years, and I don't care about Otani because like he was a proven commodity and he just decided yeah. to go there. Yeah. But it was like him, and then maybe Joe Adele now. Adele seems like he might be the real deal.
0: Hopefully, hopefully O'Dell figures it out. I mean, they've, the Angels have never really had a problem with their offense.
1: Yeah, never. It's the pitching that's been the issue, which
0: Yeah, and they took nothing but pitchers so I hope one of them's gonna hit for them.
1: Well, you know, we'll see if Cinder or whoever else they're uh they they spent their on yeah. Who knows? Hopefully,
0: um, I mean I I'll root for them to just because my trout <laughs> I mean <sighs> guys still never
1: want a playoff game. I feel bad for the guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, and he hasn't been in the playoffs in a decade. <laughs> He's very rich.
1: Yeah. Very it's like rich. he's real happy with his kids and all that money he made selling Subway sandwiches. Yeah. You know, <laughs> right? he's fine.
0: He's got his child, his wife, his Subway, New Jersey, and he lives in Southern California. He's doing all right. He's doing okay. He wants a ring, but if you stay there, it, it may never come. But
1: <laughs> it's, 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 it's frustrating, though, uh, thinking about Mike Trout and then thinking about... Who the Red Sox have in the outfield in the minors right now? Because uh Jared Duran is still kind of the cream of the crop. Uh, he's still te- yeah. he's still technically a rookie. Um, he hit fine in Triple A last year: two fifty eight, mm-hmm. three fifty seven on base percentage, uh sixteen home runs, five sixteen uh slugging percentage. But he just could not make contact at the big league level. Couldn't take yeah. advantage of his speed and mess. his defense. You can kind of tell that he came up a second baseman.
0: Yeah, and not everybody that comes up a second baseman can transition to the outfit the way Mookie Betts can. Uh, They put him out there because Duran has all of this speed, but he's still very raw when it comes to playing playing center field, especially it's in Fenway Center. Like, there's a reason why Jackie out. Bradley Jr. Is back, guys.
1: <laughs> it's, it's not good to be that raw when you're a 25-year-old, 26-year-old. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's also – that was a big problem of people saying, like, oh, he's ready. He's 25. I'm like, that doesn't mean he's ready. That means, like, yeah, I get he went to college, but, like, he's, he's, he's older because he wasn't great for a while. Like, he did that whole swing change, and the swing change helped, but then yeah. – He got in his head and he started tinkering with the swing at the major league level, which was then making everything just this big old pile of mess.
1: Yeah, no, he uh, definitely looked a little overmatched at the major league level. Now, that happens sometimes, like Justin Pedroia, going back to him, signed his first month in the majors. And, you know, we'll see. I think he's going to get another chance. They'd be really stupid to cut ties this quickly unless there oh. was a trade that they, you know, that they couldn't say no to feel like. Oh. If it was like, hey, we'll give you Frankie Montus. But, uh, the you only
0: know. way, Yeah, I agree with you 100%. The only way that Jaron Duran isn't a Boston Red Sox in 2022 is if you're getting a monster, monster return. Yeah. And yeah that's
1: probably not going to. They, they're not going to sell low on him.
0: Um, yeah, no, for sure. But also when I see, like, people posting, like, him in the gym doing, like, these lifts with his, like, amazing sculpted arms, I'm like, and they're like, oh, they're gonna shut up the haters. I'm like, uh, he had those arms last year, too. Doing chin-ups isn't gonna make you hit a break.
1: <laughs> no, remember when he had Drew Benton's He got, got jacked and it just and kind of fucked him hit. up. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: like, no, like, no, that's not, you don't want him to be buff, you want him to be lean.
0: Yeah. Lead the and,
1: running machine.
0: Exactly. And so like him doing like pull ups isn't impressing me. It's making me say, Hey Like there's the part of me that's saying hey, but there's also the part of me being like, Hey, can you also hit breaking stuff? <laughs> like, yeah, maybe
1: you know? maybe take some batting practice instead of like chin ups. Yeah.
0: Like yes, from an aesthetic standpoint I like to look at you doing chin ups, but from like a baseball fan standpoint, yeah, I want you in the cage a little bit.
1: Yeah. You yeah. can do shit ups in the cage, I guess, in between reps, like that's fine if you're not gonna get hurt doing it.
0: Yeah. So yeah, I he is interesting and of course you can't you can't give up on him. Just the way I thought it was so stupid that people were ready to anoint him like the best player in
1: baseball. Uh, it's, it's wild. I feel like at least one per episode one of us just gets really angry thinking about uh, Red Sox Twitter.
0: Yeah, really, it's true. I love Red Sox Twitter, but at the same time, it makes me very angry. Um, yeah, and it's even people I like that get me angry too, cause I'm just like, we need to relax a bit. Or even my own family that was like the other day at my party, they were like, oh yeah, man, I, I, I don't know where the Red Sox are at. I, I, I you know, I, last year, you know, these starters could barely get out of the, the fifth inning, and I'm like, you realize they went to the ALCS, right? You realize yeah, but they, they were good. good. Yeah, but I'm like, you realize they were good in 2021, and they're going to get better in 2022. Like, Bloom is not, and there's a lockout. Like, this isn't the team that we're going with, but it's as if these people just believe that, like, this is the team right now that he's not going to replace, you know, an Eduardo Rodriguez, or he's not going to do this. Like, this man is not stupid. He's smarter than you, me, and everybody else. Like <laughs> Especially when it Jackie, comes to baseball.
1: Why did he trade Renfro for Jackie Bradley Jr.? Yeah, Doesn't make the any sense. Renfro's right? much better than Jackie Bradley Jr., who will definitely be the starting center fielder.
0: Right? And the more and more I think on that, like, Heim's, like this This could be amazing because, like, Haim Bloom really could have got the best out of – Hunter Renfro and traded him at the perfect time to then go out and get a potential status Suzuki or someone else for the outfield while also making the Red Sox defense better with Jackie Bradley jr. That you can play in a matchup. Like he could oh, Jackie could hit really well against this one pitcher. Let's play him tonight. And we know we have a great center fielder or, you know, we need somebody to come in in the defensive replacement. We've got the best center fielder. Like think about that. Like that's better than having Hunter Renfro.
1: Yeah. Especially if uh Suzuki comes in. They also got yeah. a couple of, you know, decent prospects at Alex uh Vanellis, who's sort of like Bryce um uh, not Bryce, sorry, Blaze Jordan Light. Um uh, he was uh third round pick of the draft last year. Uh hit really well in high A. Nine home runs uh in hundred and thirty nine at bats, three oh nine average, three hundred ninety on base percentage. Nice. Can't field at all. Uh and we'll see how he does as he advances, but <laughs> still only twenty one. And yeah. then he also got, and we talked about this a few weeks ago, he also got David Hamilton, who's sort of looks like he's going to be sort of like a Willie Bloomquist type, you, uh, like utility infielder, who is very, very fast, uh, stole mm. over 50 bases last year. So that's
0: insane. Yeah, Nobody steals anymore.
1: No, no really? one does. And guys like that are, are valuable. Um, so that's, uh, that's who they got there. It's fun. The outfield is sort of sad to think about, though. I'm just, uh there's Gilberto, Gilberto
0: Yeah, he's really the only the only bigger name potential, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, he was, like, the hottest thing in 2019. And he didn't even do that badly last year. It's just that they thought he was going to have some more power in his game, and he hit, like, three home runs, and he didn't steal that many bases. Yeah. But he still hit 306. you know? He's still mm-hmm. really fast. That's um,
0: right. I understand the, the the love of power, the need of power. But if you have somebody who's getting on base and hitting, let's say doubles and triples, like do do we give a shit that um, he's running into barely any home runs? Like I I don't know, you know I don't really know how to how to gauge that quite.
1: It's it's tough to tell. I mean the game has really you know with like all the launch angle stuff, it really has become okay. a little bit less nuanced as far mm-hmm. as oh well this guy can do this guy knows how to bump or this guy can steal a base for you or he's good at hit and running. Um, I do think that I I don't know I think for some reason people see him as more of like a fourth or fifth outfielder so I don't uh I'm you know there's still time for him to develop though he's gonna be 22 going into next year he'll be with Greenville so you know we'll see what he does there and then there's a couple of other outfield prospects that are a little less exciting um there's Tyler McDonough who plays second base at outfield he was a third round pick last year did pretty well um in limited playing time, mm. admittedly, but uh, he hit uh two ninety-eight, three eighty-eight on base percentage, three home runs, a uh, bunch of doubles and 121 at bats. Um and then there's a guy who's very young, very wrong, well, only 17 years old, and that's uh mm. McGill Bice in uh in um uh, the Dominican Summer League. Maybe he'll see some time in the Florida Complex League this year, but who knows? Um but he was actually the big he was the big signing as far as international talent goes last year. He was signed for uh one point five million dollars. Oh, okay. uh, and he's seventeen years old, six foot three. Mm um hundred and seventy pounds. So he has um you know, he definitely has some room for uh, to build muscle. He's already got above average um uh, Above average bat speed, uh, good power potential, very fast. Seems like he's going to be a center fielder, but again, he's only 17. Uh, um, yeah, and he's only played, good. he's only played in the Dominican Summer League, so it's really hard to gauge where he's at. But Sox Prospects does have him ranked at 15th, uh, ahead of Connor Wong, so, mm. you know.
0: The um, interesting thing with, like, with, with bat speed is that, like, yeah, it's, it's great to have it. Sometimes bat speed is not necessarily going to, make you uh, like a great hitter because like I look at somebody like a Michael Chavis. I remember I went to a game um, one year and he was taking batting practice and his bat speed is insane, like absolutely insane, but he still can't hit a breaking pitch in his goddamn life. But his bat speed is unreal. Like I remember watching it and being like, shit, you know?
1: I mean, that's the thing when you draft, though. You look for a skill and you hope that they can figure out how to do some other things.
0: And for his sake, I hope he can sort of figure things out in Pittsburgh. And there's zero, zero pressure on you in Pittsburgh. Absolutely none. Just play damn baseball. You're in a fucking gorgeous ballpark. My favorite, maybe. Maybe my favorite. Uh, and you just play baseball with absolutely zero pressure. So maybe he can finally figure things out, or is he past? Is Michael Travis past the point of being able to under, figure out anything? I mean,
1: I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him hitting 25, 30 home runs, if they just were like, okay, you're playing second base or first base for us this year.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and I hope yeah. he does. I hope he does. I really do. And then the Red Sox didn't need him. You know, no, that's, that's still the thing. They, they I didn't
1: need him. <laughs> No, oh, they don't. His, his skill set's repetitive. Um, there's one other outfielder that mm-hmm. I kind of forgot about because he's not really an outfielder. He plays all over the place, but uh it's a 21-year-old kid named uh, Sedane Raffaella. I
0: like Not that so name. I don't sure if
1: you're familiar with him at all. He no, is, no. He's, I, I look him up. He made the single best play in any of the minor league systems for the Red Sox last year. This diving catch and left through that. He threw the guy out at first base. He's five foot eight, 145
0: pounds. Oh my God. I'm pretty sure he weighs less than I do.
1: <laughs> so he's very fun size, but he hit 10 home runs last year. He had twenty doubles, nine triples, and he stole twenty three bases. Uh, That's exciting, though. Yeah, so he's like uh, plays just about every position. He seems like he's probably going to be a utility player or something mm-hmm. like that. But you know, it's hard to gauge what he's going to be. He could be an organizational player if he can't keep up with the pitching when he uh, moves up. But moves up, you yeah. know, twenty one twenty one years old. He's done. He's moved very quickly. Uh, he was eighteen mm-hmm. playing at Lowell. Okay the 2020 season got canceled and that he, you know, he wasn't the best player in the league by any means, but he didn't, he didn't embarrass himself at Salem either. So he's one he's one to keep an eye on.
0: Oh, that's good. But like you said, there's really not super exciting depth at the outfield. But then again, I feel like the outfield is sort of, the, the that seems to be the position that like the Red Sox don't have the real trouble with. Now the real trouble the Red Sox have is developing Starting pitching,
1: <laughs> yeah. Before we move on to that,
0: there's one other thing I want to oh, say about
1: Rafaela, and this not This was just from the Red Sox organization itself. He was their minor league defensive player of the year last year.
0: Oh, awesome.
1: So maybe he there, there, he he might not be bad, but um, you are correct that well, who was the last starting pitcher they developed that was really truly a good starting pitcher? Was it John yeah. Lester?
0: It had to be John Lester. Like Buckles was good for a while, but Buckles, John Lester, sort of came. Came up at the same, you know, the same time period. But like, really good, solid, middle, like mid, mid rotation starter that the Red Sox had come closer. Cause I never thought John Lester was an ace. I thought he was a 2-3. Uh, and he, that's, that's totally fine. Um, was easily John Lester.
1: Yeah, he was, he had a few ace seasons. He had a few seasons when he was truly, truly, the, the two years he finished second in the Cy Young Award. He was truly great those years. But for the most part, yeah, he was a number two guy, number three guy.
0: And he got paid, like, at the Red Sox, their big problem was they wanted to pay him, like, pennies, pretty much. (laughs) And when you and I look at money and we say, holy shit, like, that's a lot of money. But when you see understand the value of these players, that's literally saying, like, oh, hi, John, smack you across the face, goodbye. Like, the Red Sox fucked that up royally. And John Henry's at least come out and admitted that. So... You know, they fucked
1: up. <laughs> I want them to bring back Lester to finish his career just as, like, uh, like uh death, like, basically what they brought
0: Rich Hill in to do this year. Yeah, but I think they think that Rich Hill just has more in the tank than John Lester does.
1: I mean, he probably does at this point. That curveball, man, that is a good curveball.
0: It's crazy that Rich Hill is still as actually effective at, like, 41 years old that, 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 as he is, <laughs> really. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> So
1: as far as what's your what's your uh, what's your take on who the Sox have as far as pitchers go with the
0: minors right now? Who do you like? Yeah. Uh, so I've I've been excited about Jay Groom from from the jump. You know, they took him at at twelfth overall. There were a lot of people saying that like this was like the top, the number one pitching prospect going into the draft that year. There was a lot of uh, issues of character, and I felt the character was less him and more his parents, his father was in jail. So it's like you're really, like, I don't know, looking at this kid saying, like, oh, because his dad's in jail, he's automatically, like, quote, unquote, a bad seed. And I'm like, that's just a really shitty way of looking at things. So he did really slip down to the Red Sox at 12. Uh He had Tommy John, which was obviously that uh was a stunt in the development then the 2020 season. But overall, he had himself, like, a pretty solid season last year. You know, he, um, he pitched between, what was it, uh, Greenville and Portland? Yep. Yeah, and like the ERA isn't eye popping. Like, obviously he had a, uh, looks like a 481 ERA, 127 whip, 134 Ks, uh, in 97 and a third innings. But I mean, this was really, this was his season back from, from Tommy John, sort of figuring things out. So I, I assume he'll probably start at Portland. Portland to maybe getting, potentially going up to Worcester. So I think 2022 is going to be a huge development aspect for what Jay Groom is. Like, you know, when he was coming into the draft, it was a Clayton Kershaw curveball comparison. And, you know, some of the, like, I've, I've read that some of the stuff hasn't necessarily come back to what it was pre-Tommy John. So I think with him, it'll be interesting to see what the 2022 season between, you know, Portland and potentially, uh, you know, Um, Worcester is and what he means to the Red Sox. I don't think he's necessarily an ace, but if you have a potential three in him, like I think that's something to really look forward to.
1: One thing that is worth noting about Groom, and you are completely correct, especially about um, the fastball has not come back yet. The fastball, he was hitting 96 pre-surgery. But, Mm -hmm. you know, that sometimes that takes a little bit longer. hi A. He was three and eight with a five point two nine ERA over eighteen starts. He got a cup of coffee for the end of the double season. He went two and zero with a two point three zero ERA mm. in three starts, fifteen point two innings, four walks, twenty six strikeouts. Mm. So he – and I remember when this was happening with Portland because I was like, oh, maybe I can get tickets for this. And then mm-hmm. I uh, mm-hmm. But he went uh, – for three starts, he went rip shit in Portland. And it's going to be really interesting to see if uh, he can build that up. Did it the basketball come back up a
0: bit? He was up to
1: 94 by the end of the okay, season. It wasn't okay. quite the 96 it was. But, you know, if he has to learn how to pitch, there are worse things that have happened. Uh, yeah. You know, he's um, – but he's also on the forty man roster, so that gives him a very distinct advantage over some other players on the team.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, like, he's definitely one that um, excites me for sure. And obviously, like, we do have we have like we saw with uh, you know uh, I heard that Brian Bayo is also like a pretty big one. I had the prospects guys really like him a lot.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, he was, um, absolutely dominant, especially when he started the season in Greenville. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, he was, uh, 5-0 with a 2.270 ERA in 31 innings. Mm. Uh, 7 walks, 45 strikeouts, and then he got brought up to, uh, you know, he didn't do badly. He, uh, Four point six six ERA, um, eighty seven strikeouts in sixty three point two innings, twenty four walks. So, you know, he struggled a little bit more there. They hit him a little bit better, but yeah. he's only twenty two years old and he's a starting pitcher that hits a hundred on his fastball. Shit, that is. Now he's also only six foot one, one hundred eighty pounds, which always worries me a little bit when you've got a guy throwing that hard and That's, throwing a slider like that kind of like. Oh, that's not always the best combination, but if he could keep it healthy, at least for now, he was on the Futures game team. Uh, no, he can definitely pitch. Um He's somebody that we might see as a mid-season call-up out of the bullpen, I would think. Mm.
0: And, and having a 100 might be potentially something that could be beneficial in the bullpen. That seems to have been the issue with the Red Sox. It's not like a lack of developing pitching like you- – it's just that the, it's really been starting, or these guys that we think are going to be starters really end up in, in the bullpen, like Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes is the Remember probably. it was, like,
1: Matt Barnes and Anthony Renato and, like, Henry Owens were, like, all oh my coming God. up, and none of them did anything?
0: Oh, my God. Owens was just supposed to be good, and, oh, God, that was brutal. Brutal,
1: prudel. That yeah, was pretty,
0: pretty. De- Alan Webster, remember him? Oh, gosh. yes. Yeah, or it's just, at oh. least with somebody like Barnes was able to sort of, you know, transition his stuff into a bullpen, and I think he just needs to manage his mental aspect of the game, but I think he needs to also just, ma- we, we need to manage his conditioning, because he yeah. does prove that he's somebody that tires, which is, which is fine if you can manage that. Yeah. Uh, so that's but sort of that- been the Red Sox issue, is with those, start not having the starters really.
1: Yeah. And there are two other starters that were uh Brian Mata was people everybody was saying he was going to make his debut in twenty twenty one and that he yeah. had to be a Tommy Johnson.
0: John, and
1: then and there was also Thaddeus Ward who uh Yeah the, the star- two
0: TJs Does
1: not go by Thad. He wants to go by Thaddeus. Thaddeus. Good for him. Uh, Thaddeus Ward. So those are two pretty solid arms. There's also Noah Song, who is uh, currently serving in the is he in the Air Force or the Navy? I honestly forget.
0: I believe he is a Navy boy. Yes, and yeah, that one. His shit is elite. Like, watching all the video and, like, getting him where they got him was because they were like, oh, this is, like, first-round talent level, but obviously the commitment to the military hasn't dropped, and um, I, what the hell, like, what is his timeline at all? I have no I, clue.
1: I have no idea. And it's sad really because, I'm like,
0: I want to see this kid bitch, <laughs> I really do.
1: I feel like, I think what I heard was two years, he has to serve for two years, and then he might be able to get a deferment or something like that, but I'm not, I don't want to be quoted on that.
0: Yeah, so hopefully soon, but that just puts him, it already puts him behind because he did four years of, he actually did four years of college, so where some guys do three, you know, so he did four years, he graduated from the, yeah, I believe the Naval Academy Academy. Uh Then he went to flight school, which he has to do for two years. So then you're already at, like, what, 22, to 23, to 24. You're at 24, 25 by the time you're – so I don't know. Does that – is your development just – you're like, oh, okay, he was working out and his development is so good that, like, he can then, I don't know, fly through the ranks a little bit? Because he did pitch a bit uh, – what, was it in, like, 2019? He did pitch uh, a little bit for, what, Lowell? I
1: believe I so, yeah. Back, yeah. When, back when that was still a thing.
0: Oh, rest in peace. I love – right, I love – I love the spinners. I used to go to spinners he, a lot. He, 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 so, yeah, definitely he's somebody to be really excited about, too, but, like, you you have no clue on what's going on with him, you know? Yeah. So. Well, and then, know, obviously... So, so, oh, sorry. Oh, no, I was just kidding. And then we got other guys, like Winkowski, Sebold, Murphy. Like, there seems to be a good amount of of depth at the at the pitching position, but whether or not like what are these guys? And like a I've got of- one
1: for you. I've got one for you that slid under the radar for a lot of people, but he was actually our uh, Sox prospects pitcher of the year for 2021. He was a uh, 26th round draft pick in 2019. Hmm. Left-handed pitcher, 25 years old, named uh, Brandon Walter. That's a he had. Uh, he's already gotten through his Tommy John surgery. Oh, that's good, then. Kind of came out of nowhere. In Salem, uh, he wasn't even starting for them. He was mostly pitching out of the pen. Uh, but, you know, it was kind of undeniable. He was just doing so well there that they brought him up to high eight Greenville as a starter. And he ended up uh, 3.70 ERA, uh, started 12 games, 58 innings. Uh, he walked 14, struck out 86 Oh shoot! So that's a thirteen point three zero strikeout to nine innings pitch ratio. Mm. And, and do so, we,
0: do we, yeah? So he's what Greenville? He, he was at Greenville.
1: He'll probably be at started Double A this year. Oh,
0: that's exciting. He
1: was he was very very good. Um Now you know that's not that high in the minors, and he was a little old for there, but. The stuff is very real. He tops out at 95 on the fastball. He's got a two-seamer. Uh, spin rate's a little bit below average, and it's not exactly overpowering, but he was able to jump that velocity significantly in 2021, and he makes very weak contact with like, uh Batters just make very weak contact with it. He's also got a very good uh, changeup that uh, he can kind of use to manipulate batters, and he's got a slider in there too. So three pitches, maybe he ends up a reliever but he's definitely a guy to keep an eye on.
0: That's exciting. I mean, I love stories like that, you know? Yeah.
1: Kind and of out there's of also, There's also the youngest guy in the system of these guys, uh, 19-year-old uh, Wilhelman Gonzalez, who uh, pitched... Extremely well, uh, he started with the, uh, FCL Red Sox and he, uh, did very well for them, uh, 3.60 ERA, but he got brought up to Salem before the end of the year. He was even better then. He uh, had a mm-hmm. 1.53 ERA for Salem, uh, seven and four starts. Shoot. Only, uh, he, he did give up a fair amount of walks, eight walks, 20 strikeouts, but the stuff's electric, uh, 97 mile an hour fastball, uh, decent change up slider curveball, mm. um, Curveball is kind of a new pitch, and so is the slider. The breaking stuff as he is still very raw, only nineteen. Yeah, years developing. Old. Still developing, but the potential is really there. Um he's not as raw as a lot of guys his age are. That's exciting. Um so those are those are just uh he was uh, the breakout player of the year for Sox prospects, so uh, mm. just, I just wanted to mention those two 'cause they yeah. have, nobody's talking about them, but they did very well in the lower minors and those are just uh guys to Keep your eyes on, now you mentioned Winkowski, who I like a lot also. Yeah,
0: like you just got, we got Winkowski, Siebold, like, uh, was like Cutter Crawford, like that we saw, we, we saw Seabold and Crawford, uh, Crawford just not ready. His stuff is good, but like, he's just not ready for the sure yeah. and just sort of got tossed in there. Um, so there definitely is an excitement level for pitching potentially, like, of course, you know, like, you'll get the fans that'll say, I don't see a Roger Clemens down there. Like, where's our ace? Where, you know? Where's,
1: uh Get me uh, Randy Johnson.
0: Yeah, yeah, or like, oh, so, so you know, the Dodgers, they, they've got their, like, their aces and we don't. Like, you know, where's our walk a And they start looking like, at am just like, <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's what I'd like to say. Um, so, Again, it's about it's about depth. I know fans hate, hate hate the idea of depth, but like the Red Sox have depth and potential starter depth, which is great. But then again, with we, with the Boston Red Sox, we can buy David Price. Like you know,
1: <laughs> yeah, they just throw. They haven't. This is why you don't throw out money until you absolutely it's your it's your moment to do it. It's the right time. Yeah, it's the right player. I don't think I I don't. David Price was Dave Dombrowski's guy. He traded yeah. for him a couple of times. Yeah, he liked. So him. <laughs> I, I'm I'm shocked that he isn't on, uh, on the Phillies at this point, Price.
0: Right. Imagine if he ends up there. That'd be kind of a, that would actually maybe make sense because like the Phillies could use pitching, and the Dodgers could use getting rid of that money. Yeah. So.
1: We'll see what happens with that. I could see the Dodgers making it some kind of a deal with, like, giving a prospect to get out of that contract. Yeah,
0: yeah. And then we only have one more season left of it, and we're, you know. And, like, thank you to David Price. I don't get – like, you don't win in 2018 without David Price. So. Oh, he
1: was an absolute monster in the playoffs. Though. No ill
0: will ever towards David Price. Like, And I hear he's a great guy and a great teammate. He just doesn't like the media. Who gives a shit? Like,
1: R.I.P. Astro.
0: Oh my god, Astro's my favorite. I was so excited. I was more excited. I was like, oh cool, we got David Price. I'm like, now we got Astro. I just
1: want the dang bobblehead.
0: Oh, that was so cute, the little Astro bobblehead. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but is there anybody that you think in the, the system that like the Red Sox should, like fans should be like really, really excited about? Like, granted, like we've (laughs) talked about, like there's a, there's a don't miss, but like these are guys that the Red Sox could potentially get excited, like Red Sox fans. Really, really fans. excited about. Yeah. Um,
1: I mean, <laughs> I have uh, I have one of my favorites. He's currently uh, uh, sixtieth in the uh on the Sox uh, prospects uh, top list. But uh, his name is um, and this is the actual pronunciation of it: Joe on Garcia. I like it. That's jo a good name.
0: Stinks on Stink.
1: Garcia. Kills yeah. So. <laughs>
0: People are going to have a
1: good time with him if he gets called up. Sorry. <laughs> maybe,
0: what were maybe someday, maybe someday he will. <laughs> but yeah, I think like we can get excited about a, a Tristan Costas. You can get excited about a Nick, a Nick York. You can get excited about, you know, the power that is Blaze Jordan. Also it, like his parents literally like named him Blaze. Is that is, really his birth name? I think it is because I haven't seen anything other than that. Like you sort of understand that like, you know, like, Dansby Swanson, you understand that, like, Dansby's his middle name, and, like, things he, like he, that.
1: He doesn't even have a middle name, Blaze Jordan. He's literally just Blaze like Jordan. Blaise
0: Jordan, like, that is a wild name. Or you understand that, like, Buster Posey wasn't born Buster Posey, you
1: know? How and is it, that his real name? That's, that's nuts.
0: I think it might be, because I've just heard nothing else, and that is wild to me. If his parents were like, yeah, we're just, we're, our kids Blaze. Like, this is our kids Blaze.
1: It's like your dad just really, really enjoyed the movie Dodgeball or something. Laser. <laughs>
0: laser. Laser. laser.
1: <laughs> is there, like, a Laser Jordan somewhere out there?
0: I know. That's, like, his brother. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so I think that the, the, the system is – I'm excited about the system, and I'm excited about what Dombrowski left for the system, because it's not like he didn't draft people like Jaron Duran's his, Tristan is his. Um uh, you know, potentially uh Jay Groom with Jay Groom. Like, that's him, his as well. So, but I think that's just the depth and and even the impactful talent that Haim's adding is is what we can get excited for. Like, potentially you can have uh, an entire homegrown infield of, you know, new youth soon. You know, people will get upset if, like, you know, they move on from Bogart as will I love Xander. He's, he's been my favorite. But even if you keep Xander and you – Keep endeavors, and then you add in, you know, um, a Marcella Meyer and a Tristan Casas, and you find a place to put a Nick York. That's that's all your talent. That's all developed from your system. Like this is where you find these superstars. You can find them in your own system.
1: Yeah, it doesn't have to. People get so jacked up about the trade deadline and mm. free agency. When I mean the teams that really do the best are the ones that develop them. Look at yeah. all the guys that the Dodgers either developed or found on the discount wire. Justin Turner was a Mets reject. Yep. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, that rotation, they did a mixture of things. They got some guys from Japan. They had their own homegrown guys. And Seager, and Kershaw was a, was homegrown, even if it yeah. was a while back. Uh, yeah.
0: yes.
1: Seager, Kershaw. Mookie, like, as you have said before, was really their first big free agency signing.
0: Yeah. It was the first major contract that Andrew Friedman gave out, And I think it's like, you know, like there'll be some people that'll be like, oh, well, Friedman already won the World Series there. Cool. It still took him a little while. And the first big splash he made literally was Mookie Betts in the year 2020.
1: Yeah. Also, some people would contend that that World Series doesn't count. I'm not saying I'm one of them, but oh Mickey yeah, Mouse season.
0: Yeah, you could feel weird about it. I would have felt weird about it if the Red Sox won, and like I still, 2021 still feels weird. Like I just feel like we need to be like very separated from what is 2020. You know, yeah. just like the whole the whole world of COVID, which will probably never ever truly go away. But it's just like you still, 2021 still felt weirdly COVIDy too. Like you know, it's just weird. past few years have been weird.
1: How are you holding up with just like the lack of baseball right now? Because I'm like, it was such a good season. This yeah. was like 2021, even just as a fan of baseball, it was such a good season. And it's just like,
0: yeah, getting a full season back, and getting, yeah,
1: and suddenly you know there was like Otani's home run. We got to see Vladi Junior really emerge as a as a star player. We got to see the Red Sox become a Like a real contender again. There was just some great baseball and... You know, now like we're... now it's just nothing. It's like I'm like, you know, like I'm being like, oh ho, 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 when like I see D. Gordon Strange sign somewhere, you know? Yeah, right,
0: you're like, you're good, like you're oh boy, the
1: Yankees signed Ender and Darren Ciarte. What a happy day. I'm like, I'm like following all of like the MLB transactions religiously. I'm following who, uh, Ivan Nova just signed in Korea, you know, like, and really? I was just like, spot on, like, oh my god, I'm following the, uh, like the Dominican League stuff right now which uh Franchi Cordero's team just got eliminated unfortunately oh, he did he had a three run homer in the game I mean, he was the only guy who power is and, real I, I
0: see like the Franchi power. I I want it to be good I really do and like I do he seems I like mean, a good guy
1: I mean am at so many triple A games like I, I just like watching the dude hit you never know if you're gonna see him hit the ball 5,000 feet so hey if he's gonna be a triple A next year I'm fine with that
0: yeah you'll him hit massive bombs in that in that uh in that ballpark. Uh yeah, it's it's been tough because I think the, the big issue for me is that like we're not being updated on how anything is moving. So it's sort of and we're you know and I didn't expect to be getting you know updates. So it's like not really knowing like how close they are, how far away they are, are we gonna get a resolution are we gonna you know like what's the 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 potential time frame of when a, the season will begin sort of a thing and then there's the excitement of like when they finally do figure out this new CBA like what's going to be new are we going to be going into 2022 with a universal DH like just so many things to be excited about once this this season happens but like being sitting back and wondering when this season's going to happen is very frustrating and i love the off season i love Trades, I love signings. I love seeing what's happening, and you know with nothing happening it's it's tough to you know you don't have baseball, but you can say, Oh, I can get excited for the construction of you know the Red Sox and what they're gonna become and what's your twenty six man's gonna look like come you know what march thirty first when like the season begins, but we have nothing now you know yeah, no it's
1: it's it's cold turkey after uh after being on it. A- Constantly after getting that site at last week, uh when everybody was just signing left and right. Like it's
0: Yeah. It felt like like NFL free agency where everybody was just going like um one day and then you great. just have this the stoppage, and then we have still major superstars that still, like, you know, Correa hasn't signed, Freeman hasn't signed, Brian hasn't signed, you know, and it's still a good amount of pitchers haven't signed. So you're just waiting for the, the other, you know, the other shoe to drop, and it's when is it going to happen type thing. The
1: thing that's keeping me going with that is that if it's, like, February 1st, we're going to get another two weeks of just, like, boom, 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 boom oh, signings, and it's going to sure. be fucking fantastic.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so. going gonna, gonna to go crazy again, for sure, because there's going to be, like, oh, okay, so say we, we come to a resolution, then you have this little bit of time before, you know, the season begins, but, yeah, it's going to become rapid fire, for sure.
1: But that, I mean, that's, you know, we got to just hope for that, because... You know, at some point we're going to run out of topics to talk about.
0: <laughs> really are that's been the that's been the struggle, really, because at least you can have a fully functioning baseball off-season podcast when there is a baseball offseason. Yeah. <laughs> Not when there's a lockout and a work stoppage and nobody's faces are on MLB.com. <laughs> They've just it disappeared.
1: And it's just sad and upsetting.
0: Yeah, when you just have billionaires fighting millionaires, and I'm here being like, you want me to pay how much for a ticket?
1: <laughs> I just want to watch my baseball grill.
0: Right, that's all I want. I don't ask for much. <laughs> but uh, hopefully, hopefully soon, ho- like you said, like hopefully by February we're sort of out of this thing, so we potentially only have, like, January to sort of live in this hell. Because usually uh, pitchers and catchers report around Valentine's Day, so... That's, you know, it's December twenty first right now. These these things are going to be approaching quickly.
1: Yeah, I guess once we get past that, I mean, I always feel good once, like, you start looking at the shelves and there are fantasy baseball magazines there.
0: Mm. You
1: know, like, You're at like the you grocery can store or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can start just like obsessively reading through these and memorizing everything. Mm. Like I'm, I'm ready for it. I really am.
0: I'm always ready for it, and you can't even have, like, you can't even get excited about baseball cards, because, like, old men were beating each other up in Walmart. Oh my
1: god, I know, (laughs) they're like, you can't get them to Target, because I'll, like, buy packs just to, like, get myself, like, a little bit of serotonin, like, that excitement when you open it. No, you can't find them friggin' anywhere.
0: They used to like I remember they used to be here in a specific like yeah you say Target you go in you could get whatever you want and at one point I was just like I didn't even know what was going on and I was like oh I haven't bought baseball cards in like a while like let me go in and I'm like this is strange and like yeah. I go up to the front I go up to the front I was like do you guys like I went to the services I'm like do you have baseball cards here and this lady was like we have them we have only a few left but we have them behind the counter and I was like. Why? And she goes, well, I trust you. I don't trust grown men who start fights in my store.
1: (laughs) I don't trust grown men who start fights in my store either.
0: (laughs) Uh, But it's like
1: Pokemon cards were when we were kids.
0: (laughs) Crazy, yeah. So people fighting each other for baseball cards, especially like it was like the pandemic. People were like coming out of a pandemic, just ready to fight each other to try to get like a Mike (laughs) Troke. So it's crazy. But yeah, so but thank you for uh, sticking with us for all you that are out there listening. Uh We're gonna be getting back to Sundays. It's just been kind of crazy, you know. I'm back in Boston for the holidays. Holidays have been kind of crazy, you know, like parties and this that or anything. But we'll be getting back onto our normal schedule. We're gonna try to figure out some some things to talk about. Try to have a little bit of fun with it to keep us to keep us sane.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I I'm start, slowly starting to lose it. Like I've been just <laughs> trying to find some kind of a hobby other than baseball. Like it's not easy to do. I saw the new Spider-Man movie. I'm seeing. Uh, I did too. I did
0: seeing, too. See, what
1: what what you think? I uh, I just wish it was. I wish it was Willem Defoe for the whole movie.
0: Yeah, Willem Dafoe is fantastic. Spoiler alert out there. Um, it was just a very He's a fan. Trailer. Yeah, it's a very fan-service-y movie. I will say that uh, everything that I thought was going to happen happened pretty much, except <laughs> for one thing. There was only one thing in the whole movie that I was like, "Oh, that happened." Pretty much, um, but I love. will Tom ask Holland. you what that
1: is after we're done recording. Yeah,
0: after we're done recording, uh, I love Tom Holland, so I could watch him do anything. So.
1: <laughs> He's a sweet boy. Yeah. So yeah, seeing more movies. I guess I saw Hasaguchi. A uh, yeah. seeing the Matrix tomorrow, the new Matrix movie. So yeah. hopefully.
0: That'll cool. Get into a, movies. Get into
1: movies. Yeah. Well, I love movies. <laughs> oh, I was into them. I, when I started when I started college I was a film major. Um and then I uh Oh, we didn't take, we didn't actually talk about the that yet, that you got your new job, speaking of movies.
0: Yes, yes. So I'm excited. Obviously, we'll still be doing the podcast and still be doing my my baseball writing as my like side stuff. But yeah, I got a job. I'm gonna start working at Paramount Pictures. For the first six months, I'll be a tour guide. So if you're ever in the LA area, and you want to take a tour at Paramount, request me, I can request me Bailey Von Schneider, I could be your tour guide, come meet me have fun um and then after that I'll sort of be transitioning to like different jobs on the lot you know if somebody meets you likes you talks to you you can become somebody's assistant so it's really all about networking and just having fun and you know one day to be the next Kevin Feige I don't know that's dreams
1: (laughs) (laughs) would be pretty cool but yeah congratulations that's awesome thank
0: you I'm excited about it and uh yeah as always everybody um that likes to listen to us rate, subscribe, interact with us on Twitter. Uh both Ed and I have our private Twitter handles and then of course at Bubbly Baseball. You know, just listen to us, uh, talk to us. We we need people to talk to you now. We're going crazy, so please chat with us.
1: <laughs> we love you.
0: Bye, Bye guys. <laughs>